ask if you want to open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to be jumping around a little bit this morning, but we'll stay with our main text, uh, which is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And um, I'll give you just a moment to get there. Open your phones, your tablets, whatever you got your Bible on. And I will put it up on the wall as, as well. Um, and I, I think I even put a PowerPoint together uh, with it on there. So um, I'll just read the text for us this morning and then we'll come back and, and talk about it. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, his own special people. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a special person. <laughs> now, some versions, I think the uh, King James says, a peculiar people. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, you're a peculiar person. <laughs> it, 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 it's odd to me, out of all those wonderful things that God declares over the church, the only one we seem to nail is being peculiar sometimes. But uh, he says, you are a special people, a peculiar people, a, holy, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Now, we're going to spend a lot of time on that this morning, but I, I want you to let that phrase sink into your heart this morning. Proclaim the praises of him. And I want you to think bigger than singing praise songs. I want you to think about how we, and we'll, we'll, we'll dig into it, but how do we declare praise unto him? How do we show him, show forth praise unto God? If, you're, if your idea of showing praise to God is only how many praise courses you can sing, and it's only Sunday morning during our worship time, then you're failing at what God has called you to do. So God has called us to show forth his praises, and, and, and we'll get into that. Uh, from, from him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning, God, that you have called us out of darkness. And God, that you have called us into your marvelous light. And I ask God that your light would spotlight our light. God, and in spotlighting our life, you would be glorified. God, that you would be exalted. Father, God, that we've come out of where we were, and we're walking in who you've called us to be. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The last couple of weeks, um, if we can just go to the first, the beginning slide. The last couple of weeks, um, we, we talked about... Um, First, we talked about heritage, our Pentecostal heritage on Pentecost Sunday. And then the following week, last week, we talked about the other side of heritage, our lineage. How many knows that God cares both about our heritage and our lineage? And uh, leaving a godly legacy and a godly lineage for the future generations. And that, I, I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older or if it's really a, a fresh season of the Lord, but I'm just feeling that more and more all the time, that we have got to impact future generations. 
You know, I don't, I don't want to leave this world until I feel like I've done something to impact the next generation, to move it on. To move. I thank God for those that 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 left me a legacy. I thank God those that uh, God for those that pushed the ball forward to where I was able to get on board. And I want to make sure that I, I move the ship a little bit so that somebody else can get on board. Amen. So uh, and then prayerfully the next last week we uh, which was very appropriate is. We were talking about lineage. We dedicated a baby, and it's a fresh reminder that God has a whole generation, which is where we're at this morning, because the Bible says that we are um, a, a holy generation. How many believes that God is calling a generation out right now? I think right now God is calling, like never before, a generation of believers to step up and be a light. To step up, and, and let, me, let me give you a couple thoughts this morning before, as we dig into this. Before God elevates, he lights up. God will light up what he elevates. Now, you, you can go to the very beginning if you want to see that. In the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void and what? Darkness. And God said, I want to change that. I want to better that. So the first thing he did was lit it up. He said, I, let, let me light up so that the world can see what I'm doing. God wants to bless you in the daylight. God wants to form you in daylight. Now, we could walk dozens of Bible characters through and, and bring that out for you. I'll throw a few of them out there just because I want you to get on the same page with me. Uh, before God... Before God elevated David to slay Goliath, he went to Jesse's house, and Jesse was living in obscurity or darkness. In fact, so much so, I mean, not Jesse, but David. In fact, so much so that his own father didn't even see any potential in him as a future king. When, when, when Samuel went to Jesse and said, bring, bring out your sons, he didn't even bring David with him. And, and, but God said, I need to light up what I'm fixing to elevate. I want to shine a spotlight. And that's what I want to deal with this morning, living in God's marvelous light. And I think that God is highlighting a generation right now. That he is going to do great things in and through. God is going to do great things, I believe, through the body of Christ. And, and, and one way that God lights it up, that, how many knows that the darker the background the, the light of the contrast. How many knows that uh, darkness is simply the absence of light? You've got enough to create darkness. When I came into this building this morning, there weren't any lights on. I didn't have to do anything to leave it like that. But to drive out the darkness, I had to turn on a light switch. And how many knows that people find it sometimes more comfortable walking in darkness because it doesn't require anything? You, you may bump into something. <laughs> you may stumble and fall, but it's kind of an easy life. But God wants us to live in his light. Now, living in the spotlight, I, I, I told somebody this morning I should have pulled the old Lion King song. Um, how does it go? Uh, 
look left, look right, living in the spotlight. Not yet, you're not. You know, this. I could sing it all this morning, but I couldn't get it in my head right now. Uh, a little Simba. Little Simba. Little Simba was fixing to get lit up, amen. He had everything inside of him to be the royal leader, but he wasn't ready yet for what was going to come. How many knows that you've got everything inside of you to be what God has called you to be? When God saved you, he equipped you, he put everything inside of you that you needed to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and he put a spotlight on your life. But the problem with spotlights, we, a lot of people think they want to live in the spotlight until you live in the spotlight a little while. <laughs> And then you think, Lord, I don't really want to live in the spotlight. Uh, you know, just let me sit somewhere in the back in a corner somewhere. And, um, and, and just, just I, I, I'm not talking, I don't want to backslide, Lord. I want to serve you. I want to be a Christian. I want to love you. I want to, you know, strive. To, but I don't, I, I, sometimes you just want to be obscure a little bit. <laughs> you just want to do your thing off to the side. But how many knows that God wants to put a spotlight on you because it's through when God spotlights you, when God lights you up, is when God um, it begins to get praise from you. Because the world needs to see the generation that you're, you are. And the world, how many knows that right now the world needs a witness? The world needs a testimony like never before. I mean, you turn on the news, the, the devil's been spotlighting, the devil likes to show off his accomplishments. And he likes to silence those of Christ. And the problem is those that are in Christ are too often too willing to just sit back and be silenced. But God says, I'm calling out a generation. I'm calling out a people that will not be silent, that will not sit back anymore, that will not allow the enemy to run rampant without giving an answer to the body of Christ. We, we Listen, God has placed the church. Can I tell you that if we're going to silence the enemy, it's not going to come through the government. They don't, first of all, they don't have any interest. Secondly, it's not their job. I'm going to help you this morning. You cannot vote enough morals into an office to fix anything as long as the church is sitting silently on the sidelines and not doing what God has called us to do. God is looking for a body of believers that will stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord. We don't do that. We don't live that way. We speak life into darkness, light into darkness, and, and we, we see people getting set free. Why aren't we seeing the work of God go forward today? Why aren't we seeing a generation that's making an impact on lives because the church is sitting on the sidelines when God is saying, It's time to step up to the plate. This is your hour. This is your time. Everything is positioned the church is have, has an opportunity right now to be more relevant and many in the church would rather just sit back and whine and cry about all the problems and miss their opportunity in fact when Jesus walked to the end of, of Jerusalem on the um, 
at the end of the Passover, uh, the, 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 the famous uh, thing that we preach about on Palm Sunday. He, he walks to the end of Jerusalem, and the Bible says he looks back, and what does he do? He weeps. You think this would be his finest hour. Uh, people are praising him. People are worshiping him. Uh, he had just came through a parade. It seems like the whole world is finally recognizing that he is the Messiah. But he looks back and he wept. Why? He said, because they missed the hour of their visitation. They missed their spotlight. They missed their moment. When, 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 when Esther went to uh, Mordecai and said, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can be the woman that God has called me to be. I don't think I can rise up and save all of the Jews from destruction. That's too big of a spotlight for me. That's too big of a task for me. Mordecai said, whether you respond or not, God will save his people. All you have to decide is whether or not you're going to miss your such a time as this moment. I don't want to miss our such a time as this moment. I don't want to, at the end of a decade, to look back and say, wow, the church had such an opportunity. God sustained us through uh, turmoil. God sustained us through pandemic. God sustained us through so much going on. And all we did as a result was moan and groan and gripe and complain. And we missed our such a time as this moment that God said, this is your spotlight. I have called out a generation that they might show forth my praise. <laughs> Has God ever kept you through a trial? Has God ever kept you through a moment that you can look back and say, you know what, but by the grace of God, but by the grace of God, I wouldn't even be here this morning, but by the grace of God, I should have been taken out a long time ago. Those buddies of mine that got that killed doing the same kind of garbage that I used to do. But by the grace of God, God kept his hand on me. I don't know why, but I owe God something. And that God might be glorified. I remember there was a scene at the end of the famous movie. Most of you all have probably seen Saving Private Ryan. Yes, and I, it's been years, and I, I wasn't prepared to even talk about it. It just came to my mind. So, but but at, at the, 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 the guys that went in to save Private Ryan, they were getting killed, if you know the story. If you don't, that's kind of a spoiler alert, but it's been way too long. <laughs> and they told Private Ryan, just be worth it. Just be worth it. And the movie ends with him going to the gravesite as an older gentleman and speaking to that grave and saying, I've tried 
to be worth it. Can I tell you that Christ gave everything to redeem the church and all that God asks of us is rise up to the occasion when opportunities are presented to you. Be the people of God. Be the voice of God. Be the man. Be the woman of God that God called you to be. Be the boy or the, the child, the girl that God's called you to be. Just be worth it. But then I'll, I'll do better than that. He said, I will do it through you. I will give you the grace because God calls you to do things bigger than you. And God needs you to respond and to be a part of what God has called us to be. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, for it is the, it is the God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Proclaiming his praises. Praising God through a victorious life. Now, that word, I, I looked up the word praises. Proclaiming his praises. That particular Greek word, and I won't try to pronounce it or say it. But it's translated, used five times, and four times it's translated as virtue, and in here it's translated as praise. And I think sometimes if we read it and so they're they're interchangeable uh so that we we can see that that god has called us out of darkness to show forth the virtue or the goodness of god that god has called us out so that our virtue god's virtue ought to show forth through our life that's how we praise him if 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 I think part of praising him is certainly coming in here on Sunday morning and raising our hands and lifting our voices and singing praise songs. That's part of praising him. Driving down the road with your praise on the radio and singing praises to the Lord, that's part of praising him. But if you've reduced praise to just those moments and somehow you've isolated when you go to the marketplace and you've isolated when you go to the business office and you've isolated when you go to other events in fact James said it this way you show me your faith without your works that's fine if you can do that he said but I'm going to show you my faith by my works in other words I'm going to put my money where my mouth is I'm not going to just talk about doing good. I may not say much of anything, but I'm going to be the guy behind the scenes when nobody's looking that's doing what God has called me to do. And I'm going to show forth God's praise through my life. Occasionally I'll get a report. Somebody in the church or an elderly person in church that somebody's been bringing them meals or coming by and cleaning their house. Somebody else in church and I'm like, yeah, I didn't know anything about that. Nobody knows anything about that. That's just going on behind the scenes. And I'm like, you know, uh, why, why didn't I, but you know what? It's not for me to know. How many of those God keeps really good records? <laughs> and, and God is being praised in a life 
that's been serving and giving and many people around don't even realize what's happening. They sit around criticizing and complaining. While there are those that say, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing the work that God's called me to do. I'm going to keep doing what God... When, 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 when God elevated David, he, uh, we, we already talked through that, but he, he called out the seven sons and there weren't none of them. And Jesse said, well, this one looks like a king and that one wasn't good. And he said, well, the next one looks a little bit like a king and that one wasn't any good. And they get down to seven and he said, I don't know. I mean, maybe do something with this guy. Samuel says, no. He says, you got to be kidding me. Samuel says, I know, Jesse, that God sent me here. He says, well, I just got one kid, and he's out tending sheep. He's just a child. I, I read, I think they estimated his age between about 10 and 13 years old at that time. I mean, we don't think of him as a king. He's just a child. Sam said, I won't leave here till you bring him in. So they little, bring little David in, and Samuel pours the vial of oil over him and anoints him as a king, and he goes back to tending sheep. Nothing changed. You've got a king tending sheep. And you've got a man in the palace that's lost an anointing. And it just took God a little time to put all the pieces in place. I want you to, it's important to understand some things though. When David showed up and killed Goliath, that was the spotlight moment. That was as such a time as this moment. He didn't go there to kill Goliath, he went there to serve his brothers. He packed sandwiches. He said, well, while I'm here, while y'all eat these sandwiches, why not just go ahead and kill that giant? And they said, why don't you just go back home, quit being such a pain in the neck. Go back and tend those few sheep. Who's watching those few sheep since you left and came here to bring us these sandwiches? Go back and quit trying to stick your nose into things that don't... Listen, but David said, and I want you to hear this this morning, he looked out at the Israelites hiding in tents. He looked out at the Philistines filling the mountaintop. He looked out at Goliath coming down and mocking the God of Israel. And he looked at his brothers. And he says, isn't there a cause? Can I ask the church this morning, can you look at the world today? Can you turn on the news today? Isn't there a cause? Isn't there a giant that's mocking God right now? What does it take? Well, pastor, we don't have enough. David didn't have enough. In fact, Saul said, David, you don't have enough. I'm going to take off my coat, but it don't mean I'm going to preach long. I'm finishing. David 
didn't have enough. He didn't even have a sword. Saul gave him a sword, and the sword was too big for him. It was made for Saul. Saul, you got to keep in mind, Saul was a head and shoulders taller than anybody in Israel. David was a rudy kid. So what does that make Saul over David? He probably came up to here. Where does that make Goliath to David? Saul said, take my sword. And David picked it up and said, it's too big. I can't carry it. I can't wear your armor. It's not for me. He said, but I'll throw what I got. <laughs> Somebody say, I'm going to throw what I got till I get what I need. Hallelujah. I'm going to throw what I got till I get what I need. The enemy had what David needed. David said, I will throw what I got. And then when, he, when the enemy fell, he took what he needed and finished the job. The world may be holding the resources that the church needs. But God's waiting for the church to say, I'm going to throw what I got. Because God's able to transfer the, re transfer the resources. But why? If we're not even using what we already have. God is spotlighting a generation. Because I believe that now more than ever, God is calling us to do great things. God is calling on you to stand up, proclaim his praises. God desires to spotlight you. Ephesians 2, and I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. If we have that, you can put that on. I think I might have saved that in the NLT. God saved us by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. And here's where I want you to get. For we are God's masterpiece. <laughs> the King James says workmanship. God wants to put you up as... We, we went yesterday I was cleaning out uh, Rhonda yesterday morning cleaning out Rhonda's mom's mobile home in McClenny and her brother was there and there was a painting on the wall nothing that I would give a dollar for in a garage sale in fact I even commented to Rhonda's that's about what these paint walls there ain't none of them worth having didn't mean that as an insult I just but he walked in the room he said I painted that painting he said it's alright if I take it home I said absolutely wait take, take it home see to him it was his masterpiece and his mom displayed it proudly 
let me, let me just explain it this way. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. God's doing a good thing in the church. And he wants to, he needs people that will step up. And maybe that's what we were talking about. Maybe that's what the Holy Spirit was tugging at this morning when he was tugging at our heartstrings. Will you reply? Will you respond? Or will we leave here today and just say, well, it's not a church service, not a day. I believe God's speaking to our hearts, church. I believe God's calling us out of obscurity. Like he did David. Like he did Nehemiah when he was serving the king in the palace with a cup. He called him out of obscurity. Nobody heard of Nehemiah. Gideon. <laughs> Gideon when he was hiding behind the wine press and just trying to get enough meal for his family to survive one more day. His goals weren't that big. We can live another day before the Midianites extinguish us. I mean, sometimes your goals adjust to your circumstance. But God's bigger than your circumstance. We were, we were at district council um, a few weeks ago, and they were doing, they, they honor people that have been ordained for 50 years, which is quite an honor that have been ordained. I'm behind the, I'm behind the postaways because I kept license for years before I got ordained and the clock doesn't start ticking until you get ordained. So, um, But the guy sitting next to me, as they called these different men up and gave them their recognition for their ordination, 50-year ordination, uh, he said, the guy leaned over next to me and said, I just hope when I've been ordained for 50 years, I can still golf. I leaned back over and said, I just told when I've been ordained 50 years, I can still walk up there and get a certificate. <laughs> um, you're, 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 you, you kind of adjust to situations, amen? But, but can, can, I, can I tell you that God is calling a people out and says, this is your hour. Now, this is the finest hour for the church because it's the darkest hour for the world. And we got to get past moaning and groaning and complaining and decide to be the body of Christ that God has called us to be. Paul said, I come to you, know, and I, I, I don't care to know anything except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I'm going to preach Jesus. I'm going to preach Jesus. Because Jesus is the only answer. Jesus is the only answer for this world. And he's not up for election. His throne is secure. You're not going to vote him. You didn't vote him in. You're not going to vote him out. He's not worried about approval ratings. Popularity contests. He's God all by himself. One person tried to challenge his throne one time and 
made his eternal home in hell. God says, I've called you out. You're my masterpiece. You're my masterpiece. I don't want to spotlight you. How's that look, your pastor? Well, listen, it's going to look like this. It's not going to look like the whole body, the whole church at one time being spotlighted. It's going to look like one believer taking opportunities to talk about Jesus. There's going to be opportunities where you're going to be on, in public positions and, and people are going to ask you, reporters may ask your thoughts or opinions about something and you speak about Jesus. And maybe that won't even happen. Maybe it'll just be around a water cooler at work and, and they want to know your opinion and you just talk about Jesus. Maybe it'll be a family picnic or a neighborhood gathering and you just talk about Jesus. That's how God spotlights the church. Did David get everything right from then on? No. Because the problem when you're spotlighted, the ugly stuff shows up too. But God said, David is a man after my own heart. I, I struggled with that until recently. I, I realized what he was saying is David is pursuing my heart. Read the Psalms and David is just singing praises to the Lord. He's courting God. And God said, David's a man after my heart. He's chasing after my heart. Leave him alone. I'll punish him when he needs punishing. I'll deal with him when he needs dealing with. He's my boy. It's my church. Leave it alone. That's why there's a circle around the church today. If you'll just quit trespassing outside of it, then the devil will leave you alone. I'm going to ask you real quickly this morning, and then we're going to serve communion. But I'm going to do communion. I may, guys, I may throw y'all a curveball here, but that's okay. We'll, we'll get it done. We'll get it done in order. But um, I'm just going to ask you, if you're saying, Pastor, I want to be a part of that generation that's been called out of obscurity, called out, called out of darkness, into the marvelous light of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to show forth His praises. If you're saying, Pastor, I'll respond to that call. I'll be that person. But I want to ask you to stand to your feet this morning all over the building, hopefully. I want to be the church. I want to be the man of God, the woman of God that God's called me to be. All my faults, all my blunders, all my mess-ups. I'm, I'm not, listen, if you heard me, if you thought you heard me say, I'm everything I need to be right now, so to stand up, then, then you misunderstood me. What I'm saying is you're saying, with all my problems, all my shortcomings, I don't look like a king. I don't feel like a king. <laughs> Nobody around recognizes me as a king. But God, if I'm your masterpiece and you want to highlight me, like Isaiah, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. 
Now as a response, church, as a response to that generation, I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask you to step out from where you are and just come and line up across the front of the church this morning. Chosen generation, a holy priesthood, a royal nation. Would you just step out? Isaiah was young, Jeremiah was young, David was young. God loves using young people. They got their whole life ahead of them. But it's not too late (laughs) if you're a little older either, because God loves using older folks. Father, right now, you see this this generation, this army. God, we look a little bit like Gideon's army. There are not enough of us. We're the the ragtag crew sometimes. (laughs) Gideon said, I come from a very poor family, and I'm the poorest of the poor. Surely, God, you can use somebody else, but God's putting a spotlight on you this morning. Lord, I don't have a lot of education. I don't know a lot about the Bible. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see, God, how you can do great things through me, but Lord, here I am. Here I am such as I have. Lord, I don't have anything but these two fish, but Lord, if you can use them to feed all those people, they're yours. That's what God's looking for today. A generation he can highlight. And I want you to be sensitive. I'm going to pray over you, but I want you to be sensitive because opportunity is going to come your way. Opportunity's going to, you're going to be shocked. Something's going to come your way. You're going to see that and you're going to remember, hey, God's called me out to show forth his praises. This is my moment. This is my hour. It's going to be, you're going to remind, you're going to be prompted in your spirit. Sometimes they just come out of the clear blue when you're least expecting it. Something's going to come your way and God's going to say, this is your hour. You're on spotlight. You're in the, you're in the museum. (laughs) Father, right now, I pray over this people. God, I pray over this church. Thank you, God, for these that are here. Thank you, God, for these that have responded this morning. That say, here I am, send me. Here I am, highlight my life. Show the world what you've done in me. Let the world see Jesus in me. Let the world see Jesus in me. God, you be glorified that I might show forth the praises of him that has called me out of darkness. 
obscurity. And as Eliva has lit me up, so that you might be glorified. Your workmanship. Your masterpiece. If you got a problem with what God's making out of you, then complain to the author, you're his masterpiece. But I suspect he's making you into his image. Carving away all the carnality that you'll let him and putting more of him in every day. God, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here I am. Send me. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just honor you, Lord. We ask, God, that you would bless, Lord, our coming in and our going out. Lord, may the face of God smile upon us God may you keep us and watch over us Lord I ask God that you would go before us and behind us I pray your blessing and protection over your body God that you would be glorified in all that we are God that you would guide us in your pathway lead us to where we need to be Strengthen us to rise to every obstacle, every occasion, and show forth the praises of the one that has called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen and amen. God bless you. Love you and you're dismissed.